Hello and welcome to World Shop, the recovery episode. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought that was a fun touch because this is our after we finished like 15 weeks of stories and I technically did like 25 weeks of story. Um, so yeah, we, we finally finished. So we're going to have our nice relaxed fit, um, talk, chat about what we've been doing and then um, do a recommendation at the end. So Cody, after that prelude, how have you been, buddy? What are you going up to? Um, I, I've been good. I will say to continue this conversation of a thing that we've been doing lately that I enjoy is you sending me all the albums you're listening to has been going yeah, real well. You just, this week, you just didn't tell me if you listened to any of the, and then you're like, oh yeah, of course I listened to that album. I'm like, what? <laughs> you never told me that. I don't listen to all of them and you know, it's I know like you don't listen to all of them, but I would appreciate but... when, yeah, you just throw just throw me a bone sometimes. I'm telling you now, I listened to Jewels number four, the more jewels. Run, run the, yeah, run the run the jewels number four. It's just called RTJ four. That yeah. album <laughs> is honestly of the on the list, probably one of my favorites I've listened to so far. It's real good. Technically it it's on really my recommendation good. show list, but it's real good. It's very, very, very good. I agree with you. I greatly enjoyed yeah. listening to it. So do you yeah. want me to do this ramble that I want to do, or do you want to tell me what you've been listening to but are not suggesting yet? I mean, we can do your ramble. Um, okay, cool. So I'm just going to go right into it because this is going to take a, a hot second. Don't give me that look. I warned you about this, okay? Uh, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to get a glass of water. I'm just going to enjoy Oh, I don't have water on me. Screw it. So... We are both children of the 90s, right? But I thought you were going to say we are both children of God. I'm like, oh, it's like, Cody, um, that's a weird cult. So, no, we're not. But anyways, go on. Well, I guess the children of God not being a Christian. I was going to say, like, in some ways, if you are believe in a God, it kind of makes all of us. It doesn't matter. What that kind of means, though, is that the adult culture of the 90s is not something that I ever experienced in the moment, right? So specifically, right, because I was a child and I didn't watch the gritty crime movie Heat. Um, I don't think anybody did, Cody. Was it not popular? I don't know. I'm looking that up now so I can make that joke. Um, Oh, no, it, it, um, I think it was was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's a relatively like well-regarded movie, Um, but Anyways, so it just like randomly was available on some streaming service. And I was like, I've heard of it before. I was aware tangentially that there's like a shootout scene that's really famous in it. Um, So watched the movie Heat. And I found it weird, fascinating because I was like, what time period is this from? Because I'd never really watched adult movies from the 90s. Because when I was like, I got really into movies when I was like 14 and 15 And I watched movies that were coming out, and I watched movies that were really old. So, like, I watched a ton of 70s and 80s action and horror movies, right? So, like, I actually, there's a really soft spot in my heart for um, 70s action movies. The, The pace is weird. The action set pieces are weird. But it's just, like, one of those things I've always really liked. Um, So, and then, by the time... I was watching movies, a lot of the nostalgia was for the 70s. Like, when, do you yeah. kind of remember when we were in high school and everyone was like, oh, the 70s were cool? You know, it was like 70s cars, 70s music, for me, 70s movies. So yeah, sure. there's yeah. like this dead zone of the 90s where I did not watch serious movies from that time period. And it's funny to watch something set in that time 
now as an adult who is the age of the characters in this movie. It's um it's very much a noir in a way, like the whole thing takes place at night. There is action in it, but most of it is like complicated systems of backstabbing at night in the dark. Yeah. I just want everyone to understand I just watched Jordan shot put a cat. <laughs> I feel like I should call Peta. <laughs> I saw your she, cat slam she, into a wall. She did not. She lands on the ground and she loves it because she's looking you at me trying to get back up on my lap. You literally rotated, like <laughs> tucked it into the tucked it into the neck, rotated. Uh, you okay, you followed I, through. I, I know I did. Okay, first of all, for the audience, I absolutely did it because none of that happened. Actually, hit the wall, but I did. I did like toss my cat from you my did, shoulder. You yes. gently tossed your cat. It was just funny because you did kind of like aim. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely Ames. Yeah. I, I anyway, used to shot put in high school, whatever. Did you? Yeah, for freshman year, I sucked oh, at it. Me too. That's <laughs> all of that's true for me as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I was horrible at it. Also, real quick, the Heat has famed rapper Tone Loke in it, as well as um a 14-year-old Natalie Portman. Yes. Uh, probably younger than that. Um and also, this cast is huge. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, John Voight. Screw that guy. Um, Do we hate John Voight? I'm not arguing with you. I just don't know. I think he's a bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about John Voight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, so yeah, it, it's got a fantastic cast. It is also interesting to me as a movie that is John Wick, just before John Wick. Like, the near fantastical levels of okay. urban crime that uh, like they approach just this is a this is urban fantasy novel now like the reality of it is very confused um so now i want to get into the hilarious thing with this movie and me and random parallels so i was talking to my brother about this movie and i was like man it's really hard when you're watching a movie from the 90s because all the cars look terrible and then i started typing out a message which i was typing to my brother on facebook and hit send on the message. Um, everything in this movie looks like a Ford Taurus. And then when I hit send, he had already sent me a gif of someone standing next to a Ford Taurus. And in like the big climactic shootout scene, yeah, I'm watching that right the now. guys escape in a Ford Taurus. <laughs> and it is the the night the mid-90s Ford Taurus is the ugliest car. That has ever been made. I put it as uglier than the Pontiac Aztec, a car that I love. Uh, uglier than the PT Cruiser, a car that really? everyone knows sucked. Hold on. It is oh. the worst car. Yeah, I forgot all about this one. Yeah. Every car and every car from the 90s looks like that. Like, look yeah. at a Camaro from the 90s. It looks like a Ford yeah, Taurus. No, look like Every car, they all looked the yeah, same, and they had all a Saturn looked boring. That looked like this, yeah, Ugh. they all looked the same because they all Ugh. sucked. The '90s, in turn, also the the fashion of the '90s. Like, I I have a beard, but the donut beard, like, oh the, yeah. This, yeah, this the, beard. Yes, everyone had that. A lot of people had like a lot of dudes with like long ponytail yep, I'm looking hair. At this guy right now, yeah, like no. Sorry, Val Kilmer. It didn't look. It's never gonna look good for you to have a big, goofy-looking ponytail. Um, and also the suits all just looked like trash bags. Like I don't know yeah, why yeah, the trash no bag one, suit. He, well, because some fit and fitted suits weren't a thing. This is like yeah, 
it was just a slimmed down zoot suit slowly just slimming down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. All, all of it was bad looking. But, okay, so then, again, funny parallels. I was watching this movie, and it's so weird to see a soundtrack where it's all these, like, long, like, miserable shots. It's, it's all dark, just, like, these long, dark shots of people in Los Angeles at night, you know, just like smoking and sitting and hating everything. And it's just like all this like ripping saxophone over that. Like, <laughs> yeah, so just basically like, few rounds, a few words from the firing squad that. Yeah. And then I throw a few rounds from the firing squad. It just kicks in with like this, like smoldering saxophone. I'm like, what is happening? Everything is repeating on itself. Um, <laughs> But yeah, also, so what I what I found interesting about this movie, right, is I'm trying to figure out kind of like the genesis or what it means that like this social trend in movies, which I think this was maybe an early version of a movie that I'm going to loosely call an attempt at like a tactical crime thriller, which is to say no one in the movie is firing from the hip. And yeah. looking like they don't know how to shoot guns. Like, the... They had, like, military people train the actors how to, like, shoot and move in military formation while doing a robbery, right? Yeah. And that's, like, it does not look like Die Hard, right? Yeah. Even though, like, within the context of Die Hard, all the people are ex-military. They're all just, like, shooting machine guns from the hip like idiots and never reload right this yeah. is like the and also like the difference between why you would use certain guns and not use others is relevant like not everyone's not using just like a pistol the whole time it's like no they're like using assault rifles for a reason um the i i do not know if it is the text of the movie i believe it is the text of the movie that like this like crime group like whatever like this crew that does heists are some kind of ex-military and explicitly within the movie Al Pacino who's a cop is ex-military right yeah. but what that means at that time is confusing because like gray hair these are guys that are maybe in their late 30s early 40s I think within the movie yeah. um you know they like all the crime dudes have like young families right so they have like yeah. little kids but they have gray hair they're not 20 um, and I'm like, so what are they post? And this is where I get into like the noir angle with this, because a fascinating thing to me about American noir movies is that is a genre that is post World War II very heavily. Like yeah. your characters make sense in a post war world, right? And these characters are the same, but it's a very different type of archetype that came from the thing that they're presenting, like that like squad of elite soldiers is a very different thing than what you would have seen in a noir from like the forties, fifties. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's a fascinating movie to go like, Oh, like this has now spawned like every like seal team Delta squad green beret movie. That's after heat has been aping off of this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, but I don't know if that if this is the first one because I wasn't alive and I wasn't watching movies in this time. Like, I can tell you that this bears no resemblance to, like, 
a movie from the nine or like the eighties, right? It yeah. does not feel like one of those movies where everyone's like shooting from the hip and running around. It feels like watching John wick where you can yeah. tell that these are people that like trained and practiced and want this to like look somewhat real. And that that is where the thrill of it comes from. So it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird movie. It's because it's so old that I expected the action to look different but then you watch it and you're like, this plays like a modern action movie where they're trying to like yeah, show really this does. kind of tactical thing. And so I'm like, ah, I just I wonder like I wonder what the cultural zeitgeist was that turned action movies from this thing into this it's thing. Goofball bullshit. Yeah. Well, and then I also wonder like what that progression from the mid nineties to now is. Because I would have assumed, and like this is maybe a little heavy, but I would have assumed this was a like that trend would have been like a post 9-11 thing like mm -hmm. that there was a time there where and it's still sort of the case where action movies are, were essentially propaganda right like yeah. i don't think that's a big i don't think that's a big crazy thing to say that like there was a time right after and this was the time that i remember right i remember the time right after 9-11 yeah. when war movies were pretty pro-america pro-military right you would not typically see a X US military equals criminal movie, which like yeah. was a th has been in other movies. It's just like at the time that I was watching action movies, that wasn't the case because that wasn't yeah. the well, public's. We got the large dose of like the um, war hero is like the hero of all things. They basically can they're they're a utility knife. They can do everything. Yeah, right. And it's still it's sort of that. It's just without the morality. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because so. Re really quick, the only thing I do have to say about this movie is I immediately saw it. Um, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs is in this movie. He's like one of the cops. He got shot on the neck when I was watching. Oh, him. yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't yep. look like Buffalo Bill. He looks more like the um, like how he did in the show Monk. But yeah, like I saw him. I was like, holy crap, is that Buffalo Bill? But I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> so I like, I have to, like, have to wait this out. But yeah, no, I'm like watching the shootout scene. I definitely see what you mean by like it's not just like a bunch of dudes just firing guns and like – they look like they actually look like they know what they're doing. Like their bullets also that's another thing that happens a lot in action movies where the bullets don't count. Like someone will fire at a car for like 20 minutes and like not hit anything, barely even hit the car. And like you always know that like a main character or the other characters are not in danger, but like these shots are very like well placed where it like makes sense yeah. in the actual shootout. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see, yeah. I see what it, you're saying. It's and so I don't know. It's fascinating in its like I've seen this movie as an adult now, like this type of thing. Well, and then, yeah, so the the fascinating thing is this director directed the movie uh, Public Enemy, which is the one about John Dillinger. I was about to comment on Public Enemy being the thing where they like fire from the hip a lot. <laughs> well, so, yes, they did. But there is a similar scene in uh, Public Enemy where... Oh, where someone gets <laughs> shot in the freaking head? Are you talking no, about well, that? Yeah, same with the dude just like John Dillinger. Just, no, no, I wasn't. No, he gets shot in the face. There's like a guy who like gets shot in the chest and he gets like immediately hit in the head at one point in that movie. Oh, <laughs> I will say if you watch Heat and you remember a lot of Public Enemies, it's like, and eh, yeah. they're the same movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm watch. Uh, it, the, I was I was gonna mention that because this scene remind. I was just gonna say it's like less the public enemy scene that happens is less put together than this but like it does the scene where they're having the shootout and like running it has a lot of similar uh, moments interesting 
the cop character in Public Enemy is very similar to Al Pacino. Like, yeah. what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, this freaking donut beard guy who's Robert De Niro. Like, yeah, says lines of dialogue that are said in Public Enemy. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, he's robbing a bank. They like John Dillinger and um, freaking. I wanted to say George Clooney, but it's not. Um, Robert De Niro, like, give the same monologue. So, yeah, there's uh, parallels there. But anyways, I just I found it a really fascinating thing because it's it's so out of time for me because it's just like that decade that I basically skipped media in its serious incarnations because I was watching cartoons. Um, And then once I got old enough, it was into the 2000s and I was watching movies or I was going back and watching 70s and 80s action movies but i really never watched anything from the 90s and it's so weird to watch things from the 90s it's so strange it's like it's the most alien world to me somehow despite me being alive for most of the decade but there's a very different context because us as kids would have never been allowed to watch this stuff right right and even if we were watching stuff that's on tv you know we weren't I, the way I put it to my brother was, I was like, I was never outside at night in the 90s, you know? Like, I wasn't yeah. sitting around in a, you know, well, in you're, a you're, coffee you're, shop Your parents didn't let you go to a nightclub? What? No, yeah, right. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, sitting in a 24-hour diner talking to friends in the 90s. That was in, like, 2010, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's an, it's a, it was a really weird thing to watch, but I found it fascinating. I don't necessarily think you need to watch it. I don't know if it's, like, Excellent I mean, I enjoyed the like shootout a, scene, but I'm, like, definitely not in a place where I'm, like, really looking for a movie like that, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie like that. It Well, yeah. it kind of isn't. Like, that's the shootout in the movie. Oh, there's yeah, but there's just a not, lot of talking, a lot of people doing there's stuff. There's a yeah. lot of talking and cat and mouse and interpersonal drama and a lot of silence. It's a very not i mean de niro doesn't talk anyways so like de niro's strength is just like staring at the camera not saying dialogue um yeah yeah the you you always list these movies that just do not sound good for me to watch i don't necessarily think you should no that's what i'm saying is it's it's weird in like a study of a time that i was alive but do not remember the media from yeah i get you i get you it's like listening to 90s music and being like i never went to a party in the 90s like oh, I geez. never, but I never I went to a house Macarena party in the nineties. A lot. Well, I'm sorry, I did too. <laughs> and also the the all those stupid dances that were in the nineties because group dance songs were like a thing that happened. I have complicated thoughts about dancing, especially in high school. But anyways, wow, that's a thing. Um, so that was your long rant. <laughs> yeah. Lasted the full like twenty minutes we usually take. So, but, but this is the real, this is the recovery episode. There are no rules. Yeah, we um, I don't, there are no also rules during this my cat want. just bit me for no reason. I like literally just had my hand against my lap and she just bit me and I was like, why, why, why are you doing this? Like I'm about to spend an arm and a leg to get this cat dental surgery and she's over here biting me. I'll just be like, take all of her teeth out. <laughs> just like just get rid of them all she's a jerk i think that's cat abuse <laughs> yeah it is and i would never actually do that but yeah she's she's great um so, so <laughs> you're trying to convince here buddy so anyways uh we just finished talking about the heat cody i'm not gonna watch that movie 
I don't <laughs> I'm not blame you watch for it. Do you know that what you should watch? That scene I watched was great while I watched it, but I'm not going to watch that movie. Do you know what you should watch? What? 12 seasons of The Big Bang Theory. Anyway, so what I've been doing recently... Yeah, that's, what, still... that, that's what that comment deserves. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, what I've been doing recently is listening to a lot of music. Uh, I have a couple of um, albums I'll put on the recommendation show. But I guess outside of that, um, let me think if there's anything that I need, still need to follow up from Christmas because I did consume a lot of media. Um, but yeah, I recently have been trying to watch more media despite having many talks about canceling Netflix which is probably something I'm going to end up doing. Um, but I, I have been trying to, like, especially because of like this show and then We Belong, I've been trying to like watch a little bit more nerd media. So I um, have been actually looking, well, created actually looking at an anime list. Um, and the show I recently watched, I think I mentioned it last week, was Bochi the Rock, which yeah. is a show about like, yeah, girls in high school starting the band. And I don't know, just that was like something that really connected with me. And um I was talking about it on We Belong last night. The only music anime I've ever seen to actually show a pedal stomp, where someone's like playing a guitar and then stomps a pedal. <laughs> like, that's the, it's like, it's like, it, it's a show. And I think that really connected because, like, it wasn't super anime y, where like all of the instruments and all the equipment that they use in the show is real stuff that exists. You can, like, actually go out and buy those guitars and they're not like oh the anime custom you can buy a freaking gibson les paul jr like you can um go, go out and buy like buy all those instruments some of them are a little pricey um but yeah the, the, it's all real equipment like one of the guitar pedals that they show in a couple scenes is something that i own which is like really cool but it, it, I don't know. It's just Bochi the Rock was like something that really connected and it's like something I haven't been able to stop thinking about because like they just did a real really good job it's like showing anxiety in high school but also showing like like writing a love song to rock music <laughs> i have a really stupid and, and meaningless question but it's it's gonna yeah. bother me if i don't ask it you said it's called bochi the rock yes is it is it about like a a, a rock like this is a small no. boulder or is it about bochi the rock as in like the music so okay so <laughs> Or is someone I, named The Rock? No, yeah, yeah. The way The Rock Johnson is just in it. So yeah, girls, let's start this band. Well, you know, sometimes one, two, three, one, two, three. Like proper proper noun translations are sometimes really funny. Like yeah. that, it in it it accidentally makes like yeah, like Bochi so, The Rock. It's the rock, so you so know? the main character it, nickname is Bochi, which is based off of the term Hitori Bochi, which means either loneliness or all alone or has to do with loneliness and it's because this girl she's like kind of a shut-in and like doesn't really have friends and like so they kind of made a joke about it that towards her it's like oh yeah we could just call you bochi because her name is hitori and yeah hitori bochi but so bochi the rock i think what it kind of boils down to is how this person is kind of becoming the quote-unquote rock of her friend group the rock of the oh. band and also it has to deal with rock music in general so so it is both actually because like the rock yeah. is a metaphor for the thing the rock you know and it also yes. is the music that's interesting okay sorry yeah that was it. but no, I, I i i really like this freaking anime it's like that time where i like randomly got obsessed with a badminton anime so um yeah hyper fixation when that, did that happen that happens 
Happened last. I think that was happened during our hiatus, so you didn't get to hear about that. Oh well, I'm <laughs> you, a little you bit. Did sad not get I to didn't. hear about that one because I got really obsessed with this badminton anime. It was I really, really like good, badminton, by the way. It's just a random thing. Is I just love badminton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I actually want to play more badminton because I'm a tennis player. Haven't played in a while, so I suck now. But like, I kind of want to get back into racket sports. I never want to play tennis again because I'm so bad I'm not. Oh, because your wife is really good at tennis. Yes. <laughs> and playing tennis with your wife is probably really sad. Um, It's mostly just annoying for her. <laughs> yes, because she's actually really good. I, I played tennis with her once. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like year, any amount of knowing how to play tennis means that I'm like really hard to play tennis with. I'd have to like do drills and I'm just not gonna. But like yeah, yeah, badminton's I, a little bit. It's. I feel like it's harder in badminton to, like, hit it hard enough to ruin the game, which is what happened for me in tennis. Oh, yeah, you knock it over the fence with tennis by accident? Yeah, Yeah, just constantly. Every time I hit it, it yeah, goes really don't, far don't and the wrong direction. don't understand power control of your swing yet, yep. Yeah, no, that's a, the that's a thing that happens um, to newbies. Um, but, yeah, no, I would love to, like, play badminton with you. That'd be fun. Or, we um, could, what's the one? Racquetball, that's the other one. We could, uh, we could start doing Wii tennis basically is the closest we're gonna uh, get. that's that's hilarious i mean if you ever come here on vacation again which will be weird timing this year but yeah i don't think i'm gonna be going to colorado this year um but yeah so i think yeah bochi the rock listening to a lot of music um and i think that's really everything i can report i really want to watch the movie paprika again have i have seen I, paprika it's I haven't the, seen Paprika. I have Satoshi not seen Kong that movie. Animate, animated movie. Um, basically, Inception stole a lot of stuff from Paprika, and that's not me just being like, "Oh yeah, this movie that's similar." Came. No, they literally have like seen like shots that were in Paprika. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. But I, I would say watch it, and we can talk about. It. Maybe that can be a recommendation sometime. But I, I really, really like Paprika, <laughs> and I'm gonna probably try to watch it this weekend. We're going to do a recommendation. So I don't know for any new listeners if you exist, which actually you do. I check the number sometimes. Um, for any new listeners, um, we, what we do sometimes to kind of break things up is we have a quote-unquote recommendation, which means we recommend stuff to each other. We pick one of the three things that we recommend, and then we talk about it on a future show. So we just finished a long story series where, like I said earlier, I did about 25 chapters of the story. Cody did 15. And now we're going to break. We're going to um, – I have some short stories I'll read in the intermittent time, but we are going to be writing a story together um, starting next week, we're going to bring two ideas to each other to pitch for what story we write. I have no clue because I haven't built a world in literally two years. <laughs> I have this problem where I have lots of ideas, but I never know whether this idea should be a story or a world for world shop or an entire campaign of an RPG. And just so you know, what I did last time is I just did the same idea that you had on a, I mean, in you both. easily no, do this. It's just gonna. Um, oh, like oh, my current RPG yes. in theme yeah, is was. the same yeah. as is the same as the story. <laughs> they honestly that gives me good. I could just like grab from a um story, well, a world that I built before, which I'm probably not going to do. Um, but yeah, so instead, we're gonna recommend stuff to each other, and then we'll get to the rest of that other stuff in following weeks. So, Cody, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Um, Actually, we roll for initiative. What we roll for the dice. About? Yeah, man. Yeah, that, we roll, that's we roll the, for that's the whole thing. Yeah. 
wow, I forgot how this show works after having my brain melt for 25 weeks. I rolled a 17, so uh, I 15. think I'm going to use that to get to choose, and I want you to go first. <laughs> oh, okay. That is cool. I am really excited, actually, about my recommendation list here. Um, so I'm coming in hot with the one I think you should do, but okay, I also well, think you I'll should do all of these, yeah. but the last yeah. one is the least likely. So the first one is so. the book reincarnation blues have you oh read okay yeah yeah we you have read well not for recommendation but you've talked about this before and I'm yeah interested. so mm. i definitely think this is a book you should either listen to or read i listen to audiobooks because i rarely have time to sit down with a book because i have children and they are constantly crawling on me um and coughing directly into your mouth as you've mentioned many times Oh boy, like this, I know you don't know that you just brought this up. I, this week I thought Graham was staying home from school again, and he didn't because of the good graces of steroids and, uh, what was, what is it? Uh, Benadryl. He has basically <laughs> knocked his cough out because he has had continuous ear infections and colds for about three months. Jeez, oh, dude. Anyways, so Reincarnation Blues is, I think, the... It's like, to me right now, it's tied for best book with like this and The Last Graduate to me. Um, I would still say this is my favorite book that I've ever read since being an adult. Um, and I think it's probably the best book that I've read since being an adult. It is like yeah. on face value, a sci-fi book with some amount of, not exactly time travel, but kind of. Um but it is a book that is about the quest for perfection. Like that is the larger narrative of the stories about someone trying to lead a perfect life. And I really appreciate that this book had a take on what perfection means. Um, and it's, it's interesting just like that again, random parallels, right? I remember I was talking with a friend recently about whether or not lying could be moral and a point that I made is that like your ability to make decisions is basically your ability to judge what other people's response to those decisions is going to be. She like kind of disagreed with this point, but what I was trying to say there was like, if you're really going to make a decision, the, the scary part of making decisions is that you don't always know how other people are going to respond to those. You might make a decision for all the right reasons, but it could make something bad happen. Right. And yeah. Good decision-making at some point is your ability to intuit what other people might do in response. And that is kind of what this book is about, is not just going, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. It's knowing broadly how doing the right thing in a right moment in the right way to the right audience can impact other people's lives. Oh, and Pretty much exactly what we recently talked about. Yeah. Yes. Um <laughs> And the way that it tells that story and the attempts that you see a character make and who the character is are all so interesting in like what it means to make effort, what it means to fail, what it means to the, the way that like for this person, what perfection means is unique, but also very, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it individual perfection to for this person didn't mean I am perfect myself. It meant yeah. being himself perfectly in a way that blessed people around him. 
and largely the world around him. It was unique to him, but it wasn't for him. And I think that to me, like that distinction is something that often gets messed up is like, oh, I'm going to be perfect. And that means like you discipline yourself for yourself or yourself Mm -hmm. for a very narrow focus. And instead, this is like, no, that self-discipline ultimately is not the most important thing. It is, in fact, your ability to understand how even your lack of discipline could affect others around you. And seeing that played out emotionally instead of, like, um, clinically, like you would read in, like, a treatise, basically, I think was really interesting. Um, I found the book very humorous. The characters were all very endearing. And that kind of like grabs you into the story right away that like, yeah, you kind of immediately love all these characters and just the, the subversions of what I expected, I found very interesting. And I don't know if it's true for like, I've heard people describe this for like reading someone like, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? It's like the most famous Southern writer ever. Mark Twain. Mark Twain, yeah, where oh, it's who? like the the writing is very approachable, easy to understand. The characters, the story, all very approachable, very easy to understand. But the thing behind it, very clever, very well thought out, very smart. As a bonus, this guy it, like lives 10 minutes from where I grew up and is like one step removed from my brother to the point where there is like it is not impossible that my brother could get a signed copy of this book for me just because he like knows a guy that knows him. And get a I'm signed like, freaking copy of that. Book. Get me a signed copy. Yeah. What are you? What are you doing? Get the signed. Copy, hasn't bro. done it yet. So that might happen at some point. But yeah, uh, a native of my own state. Um, we Which boast I'm a lot of good that. writers. That's. Oh, hey, you know what? Honestly, if we want to go with like literary traditions of the area that I'm in, I'm pretty okay with it. Honestly. Yeah, John. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I got John Green yeah. and. Uh, Freaking Kurt Vonnegut, so. Kurt Vonnegut. That's not bad. It's not bad. Kurt Vonnegut's pretty good, man. I love Kurt Vonnegut. I was just going to ignore John Green, but yeah, Kurt Vonnegut's pretty good. I like a lot of John Green novels. I can understand. I don't know. I I feel like there's. Wait, I need to make sure I'm thinking of the right guy when I think of John Green. Yeah, the Vlog Brothers guy who. Oh, yeah, no, this is. Okay, yeah, no, you have no reason to like like this guy. Huh? What? I can't like John Green. <laughs> no, he just kind of kind of sucks. Well, no, he doesn't suck. He's fine. His books suck. I don't think his books suck. They're like decent YA novels. <laughs> Do you not like uh, John Green? I don't not like him. I just don't care for him. Do you read a lot of YA novels? No. I think I'm you would probably actually 30, really like a I'm lot of his 30. books. I just wish... Okay, hang on. All of his books absolutely read like a high school anime every single one of them okay yeah you're not 100 wrong there <laughs> they are all they are like all to a chi melodramatic melancholy books about people being misunderstood in high school honestly what, exactly what i write crap what, i'm john green. what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> click of john green anyways um so i'll do my first one i'm just gonna get this out of the way because i already know like you're basically already doing this one. So, like, this really doesn't count for anything. I'm going to save the one that I want you to do most to last. And I think you already know what it is and don't say what it is. But I think you already know what it is. But, um, so I'm going to say, here's... Oh, I've been doing the thing where every day I try to listen to an album. 
haven't done it yet today because work got super stressful. So instead, I'm going to um, do it before I go to bed and like fall asleep to the album. That's always good to do. Um, as long as it's done before midnight. <laughs> oh, but, I was uh, like, can you not listen to music at midnight? I don't understand. No, oh, yeah, beca- because it's a day. Then it would be God, tomorrow. I, I, I'm being cheeky, yes. <laughs> but um, so I just wanted to recommend, like, of these, of the albums I listened to, here's some ones that, like, have really stood out to me. There's more than just these five, but I just picked five because it seems like a simple number, just like you can do over a couple of weeks or a couple of days if you want to. But here's just, like, five. One of them you've already listened to. But I'll say of them, the one that's the most impactful to me on the list that I've listened to, the one I think I like the most because of that is Run the Jewels RTJ4, which is by the rappers uh, Killer Mike and LP. And they do, you know, they, they've done three, four albums. I almost said three albums. They've done literally four albums together now. And it's ranged from just like really aggressive rap to like kind of like comedy rap where they're like talking about oh yeah suck my dick and stuff like that till rtj4 is deadly serious at times there's like some fun stuff in there and like like yankee and the brave song is like pretty fun but for the most part the album is deadly serious it talks about like politics it talks about um poverty and things like that and like they have a song at the very end of them that i like a lot that's like to both rappers is extremely personal and you know how much i love hearing people be vulnerable and i just think it's a really good album you've already listened to it but yeah that's number one on the list um hot mulligan you'll be fine it's just it's a really good like punk punkish you know punk indie alt rock album by a band that's like reminds me very reminiscent of pup at times a little bit more screaming in it but i i like them a lot um and i think it's just like that one's just a fun listen to they do have some kind of like commentary on life their song equip sunglasses is basically how people like to get on the internet and tear each other down for no reason and how that's kind of screwed up and but um next album of the five is no name telephone another one of my top favorite uh rappers of all time um she's just again Another person being vulnerable, talking about growing up, talking about how it was like in the hoods that she grows grew up in and just rapping about just a lot of like really personal things. And I think that it's a very beautiful album. And I think that she's one of the greatest rappers currently. Um, and she's just like nice, chill, easy listening to very personal, very vulnerable. And I really like that album. Um, the next one is Kinoko Taikoku with the um, album Eureka, and I can spell that for you if you want. Um, but yeah, that's um, it's a Japanese kind of um, chill rock, almost shoegaze album where it's just, again, easy listening to, just nice. What What are you laughing at me for? <laughs> Hang on. Um, do you know that like meme, like something, 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 and at this point I'm afraid to ask? <laughs> yeah, what? What's shoegaze? I have literally no idea what that means. I hear people say it all the time. No idea. So so the term shoegaze really comes from like this genre of rock music where it's like pays a little bit more attention to like the types of sounds that you're creating, like a lot of pedal work, a lot of, um, you know, creating different sounds and like more it's more of an ambient at sometimes a lot of repeated rhythms and stuff that are built upon. But it comes shoegaze comes from like 
on stage, these people have a lot of pedals and a lot of different sounds that they're focusing oh, on. So they're staring down at their shoes. So they're always they're looking the down. Yeah, they're I never shoes. knew that. Oh, yeah. that's so fun. I learned yeah, something. I learned a fun little <laughs> yeah, fact yeah. today. It, it, it's kind of fun. So, so, but it is like this album is a little bit more ambient, a little, it's a, it's a Japanese band and I know how you have come at me about Japanese music before. It's like, oh, I can't understand what you have. You absolutely have on this show. You're like, I can't understand the saying, why would I listen to that? You've absolutely said that to me. That is not true. <laughs> you have absolutely said that on this show. That is, I don't, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. I listen to so many Japanese bands. <laughs> Then maybe you were just joking to get under my skin, but you have said that before. Because <laughs> that actually sounds like something you would do just to get under my skin, because you do that sometimes. But yeah, no, it's it's nice. Ooh, another chill rock album that I enjoy. And then the last one is Aurora, The Gods We Can Touch, I think. Because I definitely spelled that wrong. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, The Gods We Can Touch. For some reason, I wrote the word tough instead of touch. Uh, but yeah, Aurora, The Gods We Can Touch, which is an art pop, art pop album where, you know, just I like pop music. That's no lie. I, I like listening to pop music sometimes. I like unironically and unabashedly love Lady Gaga. And I think Aurora is just a nice little art pop album. That's just a, little, it's a lot of fun. Oh, frick. Oh, my mm -hmm. brother really likes them. He sent me them before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aurora's good. But yeah, no, they're just ni nice five albums. If you want to listen to, you can do this compounded with something else on my list because it's decently short. But like, yeah, just albums that all mean different things to me. And I really enjoyed each of them. Yeah, my brother really likes this person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah small, what, Swedish lady? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a good album, and I think you might actually like it. I will tell you that I frequently tease my brother about liking this style of music, so I might I'm not, sorry, but I'm also sorry, sort of... Norwegian. I I, I'm also somewhat joking about making fun of my brother about always liking this type of music, but I also am sort of not. But anyways. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's that's what I got for my first one. Five albums that I really dig. Uh, okay, you want, me, you want me to do my second one? Yeah, that's how the show works. Okay, so this is this is going to, again, not be a surprise as a recommendation thing, but this is also a movie I think you should watch. And it's a movie, so it's short, easy to digest. You should watch the yes, movie okay. Pig. <laughs> oh, gosh, um, darn it. Okay, now, see, you responded like that. And I feel like... Because I watched Mandy, and while there was some really good stuff in Mandy... Oh God, that movie took so long to get off, and Jordan, I have a get off the um, get off the runway, and I feel like Pig is probably going to do the same dang thing. Jordan, are you ready for a real spicy hot take? You're going to hear a hot take here in a second. Yeah. I think Nicolas Cage might be one of the most underestimated actors ever. Sure. Nick Cage has amazing range as an actor, like because it's easy because now he's sort of become a joke, but. Like, he did really good in a movie like National Treasure, where he's just playing a normal guy going on an adventure. And then he can be completely bonkers, like in every other movie that he's made, right? Yeah. The way he acts in Pig is 100% reserved all of the time. He never chews the scenery. He never overacts. Most of his acting is done just in face, just facial expression. He is just sitting and emoting with his face in real small 
real mild ways. It is the opposite. He looks completely different between Mandy and Pig. Okay, now, here's here's the part where I'm going to try to convince you with Pig, right? Mm -hmm. I think based on the advertisements and based on... Like, you're making a face right now. I can see the face oh, that am you're I making. making. Am, I make, am I making a face? You're making a oh, face, right? Oh, interesting. Interesting. No one can see my face, so you have to comment on it. So, I think... A trend in media that I really appreciate is, uh, like, you know how you like melancholy? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I what I am more, what what I find more interesting now, like, and not, not more interesting than the melancholy, that's not what I'm t getting at here, like, not as comparison to that, just, like, the things that I find gripping at the moment are things that are affirming of humanity. Um, and what I mean by that is that especially like our generation, you know, I kind of talked about like at the beginning of this, when we were like rambling about heat, like the time that we grew up in was very much the opposite, you know, irreverence ruled the day. Everything was ironic. Everything was cynical, you know, like family guy was like our cultural zeitgeist, right? Growing up. I don't think anymore, yeah. but no, absolutely not anymore. Screw that dude. Well, I just mean no one cares about the show anymore. It just doesn't yeah, have the same, like... It's like, not funny. <laughs> it doesn't have the same resonance as it did. But it was this joy in believing in nothing and um, thinking that nothing mattered, right? Also, joy in believing in nothing is a lie that I'm putting into my uh, no-name name, Nate story that I'm writing. Right, but you kind of you kind of know what I mean with that. Yeah, with no, Family I'm Guy. being serious. That's a good freaking line that it describes exactly how it felt to be in the 2000s, early it, 2000s. It was just, it was just, it like to me that show was just so proud of its ability to yes, go I, like. I agree and understand. I'm saying what you're saying yeah. makes a lot of sense. And to me, like the counter to this would be like a Bob's Burgers, a show about weird humans valuing each other despite their oddities not hating each other comically for them right so yeah. then i go downstream to a movie like pig which is so much about like the humanizing impact that someone can have on the world around them and yeah. that even in spite of tragedy or something very melancholy which is the backdrop of this movie. I wouldn't call this movie depressing or even sad at the end, even though a lot of sad things happen because what it ultimately does is create and build a community of people that understand and see each other and value each other as humans. Yeah. In a very like sincere and authentic way. Yeah. Um, the character that Nick Cage is playing is just like a weird hermit that lives by himself and has no contact with humanity. And it's yeah. about him like going back to his old city and moving through the people that used to be in his life, just like interacting with them. Right. Yeah. But it's um, also a violent movie, right? You make it sound so romantic and romanticized. Isn't there like violence in this movie? No, no. Uh, what? I thought it was None. like a Mandy. No. Absolutely not. Oh. Absolutely not. Um, there is one fight scene. It is not what you think. Um, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know why, but I thought it was like exactly like. No, the, the main character, and this is like spoilers, but not really. Like this is stuff that's introduced immediately in the movie. The main character is a chef who has stopped being a chef and now lives alone in the woods. 
um, and goes, I would say, like, on an adventure, but, like, goes back into the city with a person. He, he supplies truffles. So, like, he has a truffle yeah. pig, hence the name pig, um, and he supplies truffles to this, like, young truffle distributor, and they have a story together, basically. Um, but... Like what I have written in my notes here is uh, John Wick, but instead of killing, it's a story about John Wick going and being compassionate and empathetic to people. Um, but what it has to say about like death, the nature of like moving on and um, kind of like when things move on beyond you and how mm-hmm. that can look and feel and what that might mean to you as a person like it it is a movie about something that we're probably not experiencing in our lives yet like this notion that like things are going on past us you know like he's older than we are the character yeah. is um well, but also nicholas cage like don't just, like sit on that like he is older than us yeah right 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 like the the person and the character in yeah. the movie <laughs> are <laughs> I just like yeah he's older than us the character i'm like you didn't have to differentiate like they're both older than us <laughs> he's he's going back to a world that he left he like retired from he's like going back to mm. and seeing like the way people still care about him and what that means and how much it can be I don't know if healing's the right word or like I'm trying to think of the right way the right term to put it. It can offer perspective to understand the impact that you've had beyond yourself yeah. and the impact that he's still able to have. Um yeah. and as a reflection on that, I find the movie very profound and very beautiful. It is nice to see a movie where it is all just a sincere attempt to reach people that have made themselves unreachable. Yeah. Um, and the way Nick Cage's character does that is like both at times like harsh and heartbreaking, yeah. but also never gleefully about it. Like the times that it is rebuking or like pointed, it is never with then Nick Cage goes like, yeah, I got one over it's never gleeful in its tearing down of anybody, even when it does it. It's uh, reflective and ultimately better for the person being torn down, which I think is rare to like see an example of that, where like even if there are times when Nick Cage's character hurts other people or kind of, you know, like offends them or causes them emotional strife, it's done for a reason. Um but yeah, no, it's it's both the best Nick Cage movie I've ever seen and pro- I'm trying to think if in recent time I've seen like a better movie. Like I think in like all the history of movies that I've watched, there's probably better ones. But like something that's come out in the last 10 years, like no, not 10, last five, let's say. I think it's the most meaningful movie I've seen in the last five years. Okay. Watch Pig. It's very, very, very good. Um. Okay. Really quick, I'm just checking actors. Um. Because one of the most. Oh. Okay. So that is the guy from Hereditary and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Um. Also, my favorite actor on this is Brandy the Pig as the Pig. Like, come on, <laughs> it's pretty fun. 
I, I love what it's just like, oh yeah, this, this animal actor as this animal. It's like, that's, that's always adorable. Okay, I mean, that's not at all what I thought this movie was. I thought it was like a violent, like, John Wick Mandy-ish thing, but apparently no, it's no, no, a lot no, more no. heartfelt than that. Okay. 100% sincerity. I there guess that's, that's not- part... Part of the reason why I was like opposed to it is because I thought it was just like a John Wick, but with the pig. Not at all. Okay. Nope. Okay. Not even yeah, no, I'm, I'm more willing to check it out that you actually sat there and explained it to me. Okay. I think you will love this movie. Like without any irony or like, I think you'll love that it's goofy. I think that you will really like this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it is extremely I'll... melancholy and extremely humanizing. Oh man, melancholy and humanizing, my two favorite genres in this world. Yeah. yeah. That's not you'll, a joke. There's, like there was, there's no <laughs> laugh track that's gonna be played there because that's not a joke. I love I love sad things. I love things that will kind of break your heart. And so I guess for there is one thing that I really did want you to watch on this list, and that's gonna be my last thing. But this one was a little bit harder to do. One, because work was, like, really long today, so I didn't have too much time to write after work. But, uh, well, because I, I, like, write down bullet points. But, and also, there's a couple things that I do want you to check out that I've been, like, really into recently. But I also want to give it, like, time to, like, figure out exactly what parts of it. There's this, this podcast I listen to, Risk, which is about people, like, which is people telling, like, true stories that have happened in their lives. But I want to, like, go and, like, curate stories that I think would actually, like, really be good for you. because Yeah, because there's, there's, like, a, hundreds of episodes of that, right? Like, over 600 episodes, yes. Oh, dang. I didn't even know it was that prolific. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm not going to listen to 600 it's, episodes. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like a 10-year-long running show that, like, they have multiple episodes a week now. Um, So, yeah, but it... That's that's why and there's like there's some episodes I don't think you would connect with others that I think you would and I want to like curate some for you because I I really do want you to eventually listen to podcasts because I do think like I think any human would like that podcast I really do think that it's hard because it's very human it's people telling stories but that's not what I want to recommend because like I said I want to like curate I want to get good stories not just sad ones that I like like the I'm not even gonna explain them I'm just not they're just really good. Um, but the one I am going to talk, and I know that you're going to probably already veto this as I'm saying it, is the comic series um, Something is Killing the Children. It is still ongoing. I have recommended this to you, the show, before. I have, well, not during recommendation, but I have talked about it on the show before. I have recommended it to you before, and you have vetoed because you've been hurt before. You have followed a comic that's still ongoing and either got canceled or ended crappily. There's multiple reasons why you wouldn't want to jump into something like this. What I will say for this recommendation before I get into describing it, I think that just reading the first arc is enough to kind of get the picture of why I like this, to kind of understand what this means to me, and also get a good story that is, the first arc is a complete story. Yes, it does set up for other things to happen in it and later, but it does complete what is presented on the surface when the story opens up with something is killing the children. Um... So the first the first arc is the first fifteen volumes. Well, volumes. Sorry. Um, I guess books, comics. First fifteen comics. I don't know how to talk about not manga related stuff. Loops. But, oh, is but, it not yeah. a manga? For issues. No, it's a comic book. Issues. Oh, it's a comic book. So it's first fifteen issues, and that's like twenty pages per pop. So that that is kind of a hefty thing, but it'd probably be about the same as reading a book. Um, I mean, probably probably less. 
but 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 so something's killing the children is something that has influenced a lot of my writing especially you'll see a little bit of my no-name story you'll see a lot of bit of well not a lot of it but you'll see parts of um the western chronicles and other things that i have written for the show within something is killing the children but something is killing the children is a story about there is disappearances of young children in this town and then suddenly this girl this blonde girl erica slaughter shows up and she says that she's going to that there is a monster killing these children and she's going to do something about it and it like follows a small town both dealing with like grieving of like you know children disappearing but also the mystery of what the heck is going on and it, like the kind of psychic character is this boy who um basically watched his friends get killed by this monster on a dare that he started and yeah it deals with all like these characters in a very small town setting and it like has them like interweave their story and see like their how their different stories interact and then you know the big climax of the first arc happens and yeah leaves you wanting more but i think it is enough to create a full story without hurting you again i mean the fact that it does like finish remotely satisfactorily does help me want oh, to that 100 know about satisfactorily but it does finish <laughs> i'm kidding cody <laughs> you're convincing but, but, me not to listen to or read it right now i, I but i i think you like it, it if you want something even shorter than that which i think it will be harder to get into because it is kind of like a prequel series the um series house of slaughter is like the kind of standalone where there's multiple stories like full stories within house of slaughters that follow different characters within the monster hunting organization that exists but I, I think something killing children. That's the one that I would want you to read. It's it's good. The art's really good. The story itself's really good. I really like the characters. Like I said, that whole idea heavily. Sorry, that whole idea heavily influenced um, both uh, No Name and Westerton. And I think you'll see it when you read it. If anybody who's listening to this reads it, will see it. I'm not ever going to say that I copied off them because I didn't. But like, yeah, there there are things in there that like were influenced for my stories. So, anyways, I think origin I think originality is a myth and waste of yeah, time. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the story. I still enjoy. It. I've been reading the issues when they come out. Um, it the momentum has not stopped. It's still a very good story. <laughs> All right, ready for uh, and then my third one is Saga. Or... That's a joke. <laughs> I think but I know what your third one is. I think. You know exactly what my third one is. We've talked about it, yeah. Um, so my third one is the game Immortality. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Immortality was really good. Like, I streamed it. I think you watched... I don't know if you watched enough of it to have no, the story No, I, I watched probably like two or three 20-minute um, segments of it. But it's... Like, in terms of like the quality of the acting, like... The production value is not that of, like, an A-list, you know, Hollywood movie. But the acting is really solid for a video game. Like, I just would say the acting is solid. I've seen worse acting in high-budget movies. And so, basically, you just get to watch three movies in random pieces. Um, the, like, meta-narrative and trying to guess at it is so much fun to try to, like, figure out what's going on and, and seeing, like, different... Because there is, like, an explicit story that's happening, but you don't know that in 
you know, you're you're getting little pieces of this meta narrative that's going through all three of these movies. And trying to piece that together is fun when you, like, hear what it really is and you're like, oh, I was kind of right. Like, I kind of had the right idea and kind of didn't. Um, and then just, like, the kind of, like, the depth of the symbolism that you can find if you, like, dig into it is really fun to go, like, I'm not sure that this is the theme that they were trying to put into it. But if you watch these seeds in this order with this subtext, you can kind of pull a lot of meaning out of it and a lot of, like, interesting points that it might be making. And I, I, I am a sucker for, um, this is true and not true at times. And I'll, I want to complain about a movie to you after this, but I love overly artsy garbage. I kind of love that sometimes like the way overly metaphorical. Yeah. But you also hate it as well because we've talked about this before. So here's what it is. Is it all rests on whether emotionally it lands? Ah. If emotionally I'm grabbed by something and then you add on top of that like a bunch of layers of artsy trash, I'm hooked. I love all that. If it's just a bunch of layers of artsy crap and I feel nothing, I hate it. Especially when it feels like that is there for its own sake. It starts feeling like the... like references of family guy continuously referencing itself but yeah so in in terms of something that has like a great deal of depth if you keep digging into it and looking further and further and further back it's really fun and it's just it's a unique kind of game to play um if you're not streaming it you don't have to worry about things like the fact that there's nudity in it um so And you also don't have to try to talk during a game where you're just talking. The game's talking the whole time. Yeah. So there's less things to worry about if you're not streaming it. So I wouldn't say stream it. It's kind of a bad game to stream, but it is a very fascinating game to play. And also, like, afterwards, watching interviews with, like, the people that were in it was really cool. Um, But, yeah, it's just uh, it's such a a fascinating, weird video game. I I like when games are just, like, a completely different, like, mechanic and style of telling a story that isn't, like, fetch quests and going to map markers and a, you know, third-person open-world game. It's nice that this is, like, clicking on scenery in a movie that they actually just filmed three movies kind of disjointedly even trying to figure out what the movies are about is a thrill it's so fun and like i said i i do really like because the those game creators they made her story in telling lies that i did like i really like her story and i did really enjoy like watching a friend play telling lies so like i know for a fact i will like this game because i i like those games quite a bit because because so it's this whole thing and i don't think you explain it for the audience um where it's very disjointed you are looking through archive files and just like searching to like create searching through videos and watching different clips it would be like basically if we had the entirety of like um just someone just handed us all of what was filmed for a tv show but didn't actually edit the episodes together yeah, so what the way yeah, that so navigation works. So you're doing it through search terms, aren't you? Yeah. No, so the 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 first two games were so oh. kind of it's similar mechanics. So you start and there's all the clips of all of these these three movies, right? And you start and you only have one available to you to watch, and then you click on things in the scenery, and it links to similar things in other scenes. With so like if you click on a cup. It'll take you to another scene, with a, scene cup. with a cup. Okay. 
Um, That's pretty fun. And then the kind of like secret mechanic of it is if you play clips backwards, it'll sometimes play something different than what it does playing forward. And like, sometimes that's real creepy. Like, yeah, you know, I love that stuff, dude. Oh, there, there were like, because, you know, I was like playing it at night in a basement with a friend. And there were like a few times where we were both like, so like, Oh, like this is tense. Like, oh, yeah. it's happening. You, you know, I love that stuff, man. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of like weird, creepy things like that that are so fun and interesting. Ah, yeah, it's it's really good. It's really, really, really fun. But yeah, that mechanic of you, you're slow because there's no guarantee like what clip the movie is from or what order it's going to be in. So you might see the end of the movie first and then get like the end of movie three and then the beginning of movie one and then things in the middle. So like what you think the movies are about changes as you unlock more clips, like you're both figuring out a meta narrative and also just figuring out the story of the movies. And that's really yeah. fun. You know, that's really cool. No, I, I like, again, this is one you talked about on the show before, and this is definitely one that I want to check out. I will say, Cody, um, you did end up giving me all things I would technically have to buy. Uh, no, I think pig you can stream for free. Oh, perfect. So you gave me two. Do out you of have three a library and... card? Okay, fine. No, I don't. But I can get easily get a one. library. Card. I know. I know. <laughs> I've been lazy and haven't gotten one. I really need to get one. That's 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 on me, not on anybody else. That's that's me. But um, yeah, Cody. Also, wait, I'm going to have to buy everything that you suggested to me. No, you can listen. To... What? The albums? You okay, can listen not to. the albums. Cody, yeah, you would probably have to buy something's Killing the Children, but, you know, or you can just ask and I can, or they might even have it at the library, the volumes at the library. That's what I was just about to check on my phone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Dead. Um, but yeah, the last one that I want to talk about, um, this one, I will say between me and you, based off what we both like, I think this one might end up being a little um, polarizing. I don't think that's the right word. We might have disagreements on this, but this is one that I really do want you to watch because it's something that i really connected with and i will say before i get into it that it is very popular for a reason and i think that that reason is because on the surface it is this very schlocky violent kind of horny tv show that a lot of people like bros can get behind and be like oh my gosh look how awesome this is but underneath, it is also a thing that people can connect. Like many people have connected with. There's a lot of themes in there that are in the subtext that 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 are themes that I really care about today. And like, and it's a very, I guess, regardless of where they get to in the anime, the manga at least. Now you can see where I'm going. Is very human. So the one I want to recommend is. Chainsaw Man, you can either read all the manga, which the first part is complete story, 97 chapters, sorry, or you can watch the anime. You'll probably watch the anime, which is um, 12 episodes. What I will say, and I know you're going to dislike what I'm about to say, if you watch the anime, please watch it Japanese language um, English subtitles. Because is the voice acting bad? In the American, I personally think so, but that's because I've read the manga, and I think that, and I've also watched the Japanese um, anime, and I think that the American voice acting is very subpar. I will say I'll probably start watching it dubbed, and if I find the voices distracting, I'll switch to subbed. <laughs> 
please don't come just just watch it it's funny because it it does get to you if you switch though because yeah, like, so you I have, have to start with, with one and i'm saying start with japanese please just do that for me if you watch it please i almost definitely am not going to i know but you aren't but i i need you if to. i think the voice acting is bad i will change um i, I remember that I, happened to me with samurai shampoo where like i just the voice of those characters in my head just was so much the dubbed version that I watched the subbed version. I was like, this is what they sound like. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But it's I, so but different. I, I, you know? I think that the vo- voices can be a little bit of a turnoff for the American dub. But anyway, so I, I, we, we will see. We will see. We'll see. I will but, let you know if I feel that they are. So I will say, going back to what I was saying about Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man is an anime that is, it's, very hyper violent it's very like the humor is kind of crass at times it gets extremely horny at sometimes it does it does the things that animes of these days do it is very an anime but that is not on accident that's not because like the person is like oh i'm gonna follow all the anime tropes he does it very purposely to create this thing that people will dive into because they think it's this awesome like weird thing and then like there's a lot of subtext there but chainsaw man is about this boy who um grow like basically he gains the power of quote-unquote a devil uh, when he fuses with the chainsaw devil which now he has the ability to turn into like a half human half devil hybrid where he has chainsaws coming out of his hands and one coming out of his face um and then because because of what happens he is um, then taken to public safety to help them fight off devils or else he will be treated as a devil and killed. And so that is such an anime trope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but so, so that is just all of it on the surface, but it has elements of horror, dark comedy, just straight up comedy. Like I said, it gets um pretty horny at times, um, but it has very, like good graphics, I think the directing and like the shots that they do and the way that they flow together the story that was written in the manga, which I think actually is pretty close to how it is written in the manga, is very well done. The music, I think the like lo-fi soundtrack that they have in the background is really good. Um, every single outro song to an outro visual to the show is a different song for every episode. And I think the way that they pair the songs and the visuals to the episodes helps enhance the experience. So that's one thing. If you watch it, you need to, what did you just look at Cody? Well, I mean, it isn't in America, but in some country chainsaw man is on Disney plus. What? Disney plus Disney plus. It's on Cody. It's on Hulu. And if you need Hulu to borrow, you can borrow mine. No, I have Hulu. Okay, okay yeah, it's on it Hulu. I just yeah. I just googled where to watch it, and the first response was Disney Plus Chainsaw yeah, that, Man, that, and I'm like, I, that that would that would get the face that you gave because that is a very like what <laughs> like you like stopped and like what <laughs> it's just like yeah well no, you that's know like because in different countries you know different streaming services yeah, like that, have different yes. stuff so you'll sometimes have that but um I forget, there was something I really wanted to watch and it said it was on Disney Plus and I like looked it up and like no it's not you liars and it was yeah. just in a different country but yeah no so like it's. So, like, what I would say is, like, every outro song is, like, a different thing, and I think it enhances the whole thing, so you would have to watch the full 24-minute episode, like, with the outro and everything. Um, But, yeah, it's just very well done, very beautiful. So, why I truly like it, outside of the um, text, the surface value, is I, I think 
it is a very hyper violent story about fighting monsters and all of that and that's what um a lot of people are drawn in by but i think that people are connected to and why it has such a huge fan base is that there is a lot of stuff under the surface and um i think truly to get the, like the true effect of everything that i am about to talk about you would have to read the manga because the manga goes further than the um anime does and it like finishes that first part of the story very concisely the first 97 chapters i know you're not going to read it um, but so one thing i think that it does it highlights like a character who grew up in poverty highlights impoverished characters in his thoughts hopes and dreams and how that is different than others and i i think so i'm gonna a little spoiler like they so in anime like Naruto, they ask him, like, what is your dream? I want to become Hokage, which means he wants to be, become the leader of the country. In this one, they ask Denji, the main character who grew up in poverty, like, what are your dreams? And he basically says he wants to have a roof over his head. He wants to have a warm meal every day. And he wants a girlfriend. Those are his dreams. Very Like, you see the difference in grandeur. Like, someone who grew up with nothing how they could see things differently than someone who has everything. Like, like I wouldn't say, oh yeah, my dreams in life are to like have a band that gets the tour and all this. Not, oh yeah, I just want to have a roof over my head and food every day. So yeah. like, like and, and I think that the way that they treat impoverished characters and they treat people in that like human and you see how he sees the world through his eyes. I think it's very well done. Um, Really, and like one thing, I read an article and it says that the show is about like characters on like the fringe of society, outcasts, people like that, all like kind of you know trying to get by while also being like under the thumb of capitalism and violence. And I think that is something that you will see throughout this first arc in the anime, like highlighted pretty well. Like, like that's something that's like under the surface where you'll have characters talk about their life, and you'll realize oh, yeah, this is pretty messed up that you have to live this way. And then they'll immediately Well, yeah, I make mean, it... just kind of the face value of I have to be a chainsaw murder man. Is yeah, really, grim. really. And then, and then like, <laughs> but, like, they'll, they'll say things like that, then immediately after they'll make a joke about it, but, like, it is there on the surface. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like the only reason I do this job is because that's the only way I can make money. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and the other thing, I think it highlights different relationships and it highlights how different people interact with each other and specifically one that i found a little bit cathartic one that like the relationship that i thought was very interesting i'm not going to say who it is you'll have to figure this out for yourself but there is an abusive relationship in this and on the surface it is portrayed just like a normal thing like oh yeah this person's like really okay and cool but you can see the way that this person constantly manipulates a character throughout and how that th th this person will give an inch so that they can take a mile every time. And I think that the way that they presented that, like to some who got to the end of the manga, they're like, Oh my God, this is like a huge like twist, but it's ever present. And you see that the way this person interacts with the main, sorry, with main character and other people and what that means and like as you watch it you like will pick up on certain interactions between characters i think that was woven in and i think the way that they did it why it was cathartic to me and like why it like meant something to me is because like you see these abusive relationships and it's not always someone who will 
like when you take someone home, start punching the person in the back of the head and like be physically abusive. Sometimes abuse is very hidden and sometimes abuse is like it's ignored and it's like on the surface seems like a sweet thing to some people. But like you start to notice different signs of it. And I think the way that it's portrayed and the way that the different relationships are portrayed throughout is very interesting. Um, I kind of I almost think that's. I feel like that's a somewhat common theme in anime. Like, now that I'm thinking about the way you described that, I was like, oh, yeah, that just brought to mind every anime I've ever seen. Like and what, I don't mean actually? that in, no, like, a really. dismissive way. I just way. don't understand what you mean. Like, what, which animes come to mind? Well, like, you think about something like, um, uh, frick, uh, describe and I can probably get it. No, like, Full Metal Alchemist? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of the relationship between like Roy and the Elric brothers, like they're kids yeah. and he is absolutely using them for political yeah. gain. No, you, you um, absolutely have a point. You absolutely have a point. Yeah. Or like, I think it's, and I, I don't know if this is going to be what it is in that, but like a, a lot of like, uh, I don't know the right way to describe it, hey. but like, a, a like kind of like usually like wide-eyed and somewhat like optimistic and ignorant of the world like woman being paired with like a grumpy older guy who's like oh i'm here to help you and mentor you but then it's like usually these end up being like kind of abusive relationships and that ends up becoming like the text of the thing eventually, you know? You're absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct there. But yeah, I, I think that the way Chainsaw Man does it, like, highlights what you're saying, but I think it's, like, because... Oh, or can I just say all of Neon Genesis Evangelion? Oh, well, just, like, the whole... Yeah, yeah but all the, of it. Neon, Ge- Genesis <laughs> like, was spe- Neon Genesis was specifically about that stuff. But, yeah, And that's right, why I'm right, kind right. of saying, like, Chainsaw Man, like, specifically highlights that, and, like, in the end, you see the coalition of what that abusive relationship becomes... But what well, in the end of the manga, the anime is not going to get there. But I will say, like, Full Metal Alchemist, they never really like show what that Roy's actions towards the Elric brothers is wrong. No, because I don't think they, I don't think it is in the world that they're setting out. Yeah. Like, I don't think that the argument is that there is, but it, it's sort of like accidentally there. But then if you like extrapolate that to like its logical conclusion, you're like, oh, this is like not a good mm. relationship, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, they, they sort of do just in that, like, they're really not f- friends. But like, at the end, they kind of are. Well, halfway through, they kind of are. And they depend on each other. And it's more like you see that Roy cares about them more than just using them for political gain. Like, it's shown. Yeah, but he doesn't the more stop it, the, using them for the political more it, gain. But the more the ball rolls down the hill, the more it becomes, like, an endearing relationship. And it's not really ever highlighted as a, like, a... Oh, yeah. what the heck, dude. But yeah, yeah, I think that one is more subtle, but it is like that kind of dynamic is somewhat familiar, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Which I, is probably why they put it in the anime. Yeah. I, I, I really like Chainsaw Man because it is so, like, kind of, it is those things and it does have deeper meaning to me on those levels. But on the surface, it's a hyper-violent goofball anime that's just ridiculous. has some just of the most random dumb lines in it. It's really goofy at times. And at other times, it's 
tragic and i i loved it because it is a mix of melancholy like i said there will be a moment where it's like really like really dour and kind of sad and then they'll immediately make a joke or make a sexual reference or talk about boobs or something like that but it but it's all wrapped up into that thing and i i really really enjoy chainsaw man and i know that because it became such a big hit there are people who like hate it just because it's a hit and I think that we need to, like, stop doing that type of thing and just, like, understand that people can like different things. And I really like Chainsaw Man. And if you watch Chainsaw Man and you look at it and you're like, dude, why the heck did you ever like this? Then I understand. But, like, I, I it really connected with me. I love it because it's goofy and dumb. But I also love it because it has a lot of meaning. And this is, like way long of the distance spoiler but um the second part so so chainsaw man he released 97 chapters of manga is like this is completed jk i'm making a part two and then he started no. releasing part two of the manga um i think oh, earlier last year now there's so in that 97 chapters i think there's like 120 now or something like that but part two is very relatable for me because it's basically just highlighting two shitty kids in high school. <laughs> and it's like like sh shitty kids who are socially awkward in high school. And like that's like, oh my gosh, like this character, like one of the characters is like, this is just how I, exactly how I was. And I, I, I love it. It's, it's like, yeah, like it's like, oh yeah, this is pretty much how I wrote Nate and Danny. Hilarious. <laughs> but I wrote them first. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote him first. What's I wrote him in 2020. I didn't read Chainsaw Man until after that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I... This, this piece of Japanese media definitely copied this podcast. <laughs> no, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I didn't copy them. <laughs> I did. kind of means they copied you then, you no. know? It's got to be one or the other. Yeah, that's that. everything's black or white like this podcast. Hey, got us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's all i have to say about it it's good i don't know which one you're gonna pick i hope you pick chainsaw man because that's the one i'm gunning for but all the rest of them are good good picks well the fact that it's on hulu does make it easier you know yeah it makes it extremely easy it's just on hulu um though no because you're not gonna watch it sub never mind i say Hulu had an issue when i was watching it where the subtitles would just be like a full like five seconds off so i had to like multiple times oh restart that it sucks because like the scene would end and like it, a subtitle would pop up it's like what are you talking about what is this <laughs> but yeah it's just yeah, no like if, if you hear voice and nothing pops up that's because you gotta just restart it but yeah but you're probably yeah. not gonna watch it subbed no i'm probably not gonna watch it subbed oh, really that's true because the, the voice really the japanese voice act, acting is so good in this and I think that the American kind of sometimes hits as emotionalist at times when there's supposed to be emotion. And also certain well, phrases and certain words are changed from what it was in the sub. And I know yeah, that because the, always funny. the <laughs> Japanese manga and the sub of the show are almost exactly on par, like almost exactly it. And so yeah. it's like, oh, so I know for a fact that you guys just translated this wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Check it out. Whatever you want. I honestly don't know which one of the three I'm going to do that you gave me. You should do all of them. I mean, you should definitely watch Pig. It's on Hulu. It's on no, Hulu? Hulu. Pig, I believe it was. Uh, uh, let me see. Guys, here's the part of the show where we both get on Hulu. <laughs> I may cancel my Netflix, but I'm keeping Hulu. 
It is on Hulu. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes it real easy. Yeah, like if you even even just like looking at the front cover, it like looks like a horror movie. Yeah, that's why I always so not. thought that's why every time I rolled my eyes, I thought it was either like exactly like Mandy or exactly like John Wick, and that's why I always rolled my eyes when you yeah, mentioned it. If it's not no. that, that makes it way different to me. Yeah, not at all, not at all that. Yeah, but um, there you go, Cody. Show's over. You're staring off like you don't know that we need to do plugs. Oh, uh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. Uh, that's a podcast or at Wandering underscore Gamers where I stream. Okay. Um, you can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv where I do every week we talk about um, sorry, every week we do We Belong and we talk about anime and sometimes go into topics of diversity and things like that. Um, it is our joke now a days is that if we don't talk about Chainsaw Man every episode, which is we got into when it came out, we got into every episode we would mention Chainsaw Man, even if the topic wasn't Chainsaw Man. So we joke that if we don't mention Chainsaw Man at the end of the episode, we will both be killed. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, but yeah, so check that out and then check out my other show, Side Characters, which we talk about diversity and nerd culture very specifically. Um, but yeah, both are great. And that's all I got, Cody. I'm glad we had this right, relaxed episode. Wow. Okay, Cody. We'll catch y'all at the next demon feast. Cody just wanted to end the show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>